uh, me eating Oreos, scrolling Twitter, thinking about the future of mankind. <laughs> Welcome to He Read, She Read a bi-weekly podcast where a couple of married bookworms with very different reading tastes discuss books and the reading life. I'm Curtis. And I'm Chelsea. Every other month, we also share a book club-style discussion on one book we both read. On October 27th, we'll be talking about A Quiet Life in the Country, A Lady Hardcastle Mystery by T.E. Kinsey. We recommend listening to Lady Hardcastle on audio because the narrator is fabulous. Today we're discussing books that keep our attention when it's tempting to keep on doom-scrolling. To find a list of every title we mentioned in today's episode, go to heredsheread.org slash podcast for show notes. Well, I am honestly still waking up a little bit. (laughs) Uh, We swapped recording times because your schedule changed. So uh, yeah, it's morning for me and evening for you. Kind of. Yeah, it's not something... Well, yeah, I'm at the end of my day, but it's still in the afternoon because I'm keeping weird hours. But, you know, got to find time to make the show happen. Exactly. Um, so today's topic, the idea sparked because one day you <laughs> texted me and said, have you heard of doom scrolling? That's, did you know that's a real word? <laughs> Like, it's in the dictionary? And I said, yes, I did, in fact, know that. Uh, And you're like, yeah, I've been doing a lot of that lately. Um, And I have, too. So our topic today is doom scrolling does not count as reading. (laughs) (laughs) But it does does take up some of your reading time. It does. So, uh, Curtis, how would you define doom scrolling? Uh, Me... Eating Oreos, scrolling Twitter, thinking about the future of mankind. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I think of it like I uh, will scroll or, and not just scroll, but read news articles as well. So I guess it kind of counts as reading, but um, reading news and tweets and things that I know will make me angry, I know will frustrate me to no end, and yet I'm scrolling anyway. Uh, And then you just get sucked into the spiral of doom and like existential (laughs) fret. So it's not fun. And and it's eroding our mental health. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Like neither one of us needs to have more reasons to like put things into our lives that are going to hurt our mental health and our anxieties. But yet it's part of the doom and gloom nature of the world that we're living in right now. Yeah. And there's there's a difference between staying informed and doom scrolling. So I'm definitely making more of an effort to um I like to read my news, but listening to uh, Pantsuit Politics for political conversations has really helped me lately. And then um, just making sure that not even every day, but every few days, 
I'm reading my news on the Washington Post or New York Times instead of scrolling Twitter or um, just getting stuck in the spiral. So there's a difference between staying informed and doom scrolling. Staying informed, I think you can you can read and know what's going on and then set it aside so that you can move about your day, engage in some activism, whatever makes you feel better. But that doom spiral is really easy to get sucked into. Well, then, and it's about the timing of it, too. Like, I think a lot of what doom scrolling is all about is you have the lights off you go to your phone for like the last thing that you're looking at before you go to sleep and then you're buried mm-hmm. deep in some just insanity that is going on and then you're up for another three or four hours because you just can't calm down <laughs> at least that's how my anxiety mm-hmm. works yeah so oh yeah i've definitely had that happen before um, or just like if there's downtime during the day when I should be taking an actual break, I instead of that break, I just end up winding myself up more with doom scrolling. So, so what we're, <laughs> that's our, we're, we're, our doom we're, scrolling. We're, and we're not trying to advertise people to just stick your head in the sand and not be aware of what's happening. But what we're offering as an alternative are either things that we've read or things that we're reading that are so engaging to the point that you're locked in to that next turn of the page so that you that doom scrolling spiral yeah i think so doom scrolling goes kind of hand in hand with just getting stuck on your phone in general instead of picking up a book reading requires focus and I mean, I've definitely been distracted lately, and the the news is a huge part of that. So reading requires focus. So for me, I require books that keep my attention and keep my focus without a ton of effort on my part. Because in addition to a really stressful news cycle, we also are in a pandemic. Life doesn't feel normal. We've got deployment going on. People have like hard life things that they're dealing with on top of hard global things. Uh, And it can just be really hard to pay attention to a book. And I think we also just want listeners to know that that's okay. Um, But today we just want to offer some reading recommendations that might help you break that spiral and pick up a book instead of picking up your phone. So I have to admit that the best way for me to get more reading in and not pick up my phone is literally leaving my phone in another room. And I only live in one room, so I can't do that. But I can take it off of the Wi-Fi, which is something that you've brought up as like how we're going to refocus back up when I get back is just go to a place that doesn't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> No Wi-Fi equals more reading. Um, So you do what you have to do. Sometimes breaking out of the doom scrolling cycle is more than just getting the right book. I think the right book is really key. But also sometimes you have to have a habit in place that that helps you read instead of instead of scroll. So uh, we'll have some book reviews to share next month. 
let's just get right into our recommendations today. So today we are recommending books that are so fast-paced or so engaging and absorbing that you won't be tempted to start doom scrolling. Curtis, what do you have up first for your recommendation? So this has been mentioned on the show a couple of times, and it was in our episode of What Should I Read Next as a couple, and then you've read it and then mailed it to me overseas, and I finally got around to reading it because I'm trying to finish it to get some stuff packed up before I head home. And it's the first book in the Dr. Samantha Owen series, A Deeper Darkness by J.T. Ellison. So this was recommended to us by Anne as a mystery because we've mentioned before and we talked about with her that something we listen to on road trips or a genre that we share that piques our interest is mystery or a little bit of psychological thrillers and stuff like that. So I haven't finished it, but I think what is good about the premise of the show is... When I started it, I was locked in from the first page. So the opening chapter, spoiler alert, it's not really a spoiler because it's on the back cover, and I'll just use that as a disclaimer. Well, but if it's the in the first chapter, of, it's not a spoiler. So the opening chapter and the point of view character is a army major um, who is retired and kind of walks through how he is viewing the world as a civilian. So immediately I'm plugged in because anytime that I'm back in a civilian environment, I'm still hype. The awareness is heightened a little bit, especially if you're coming off of some time overseas. So he talks about what he's looking for when he's driving, walking through crowds. And then when he is with his wife and his kids and you're immediately like put in this, unease so i think that's what locked me in immediately was something is wrong and we don't know what it is as the reader but there is this innate sense that something bad is going to happen so that sense of dread and that psychological aspect to the story locked me in from the first chapter and then we meet um sam owens and how she's involved, and I won't go into much deeper aspects of that because I haven't gotten much deeper into the story. But I think I'm go- I'll go into with most of these is what drew me in from the beginning. And for me with this one, it was just the innate sense of... Uh, dread is kind of the word, but also that something is inherently wrong with what's going on. And that kind of piques my interest because I like the psychological aspects of a lot of these thrillers. So that's what drew me in, and I left the book in my desk, unfortunately, so I cannot read more of it tonight. (laughs) Um, But I will be looking forward to it when I get back into work tomorrow. (laughs) Does that give you flashbacks, like, to leaving a book at school? And then you go yeah, home and you're like, no, I left the book at school. I can't go back. Or worse than that is like when you're in high school and you leave a book in your backpack, but you leave the backpack in your car outside. And then you're just like, I'm not going outside to get my book. <laughs> 
Uh, I I liked that book a lot. That was a book that I read over summer, and we will uh, provide a link to that episode of What Should I Read Next, where Anne recommended that book and a couple of other ones to us, um, because maybe some of those other recommendations will help break the doom-scrolling cycle. Most of my uh, anti-doom-scrolling recommendations I actually listened to on audio, so that's a big thing that has helped me with staying off of my phone is to have an audiobook on my phone and then um, do something active. So whether that's going for a walk or baking or chopping vegetables for dinner, it helps calm my anxiety when I'm doing something with my hands, like chopping vegetables or stretching and folding bread dough. And then listening to an audiobook while I do that is helpful with calming my mind. So a lot of these I listened to on audio, but I think that I would have found them just as engaging and page-turning on paper. So a recent audiobook that I listened to and really enjoyed is Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. And this was such a cute rom-com British narrator. I always enjoy a great British narrator. The main character, Luke, he is reluctantly famous. He has a rock star father, but his father was largely absent from his life, and yet the tabloids still like to take pictures of Luke and spread rumors, and he's got a really bad public reputation, but that's not really who he is. And so he works for this nonprofit, and this recent tabloid came out, and the nonprofit is like, you need to clean up your image. This is bad. And Luke is like, is this because I'm gay? And the nonprofit is like, no, that's not it at all. It's just that you need a boyfriend. And so Luke is like, I'm pretty sure that I could sue you for this, but uh, okay, I'll go get a boyfriend. So he asks his friends to set him up. And they set him up with Oliver. And Oliver could not be more opposite of Luke. They are are really different from each other, but they have this fake relationship that turns into a real relationship. And I, I just found it so charming. It was really sweet. Their problems and the way that they... Um, worked together to kind of uh, make a better relationship for themselves was really sweet. And I I just thought it was a really, really cute love story. And it definitely kept my attention. I'm pretty sure I listened to the bulk of it over the course of one day and kept like finding more chores to do so that I could keep listening. So that's Boyfriend Material by Alexis Hall. And I think if people liked Find- Red, White, and Royal Blue, they would probably like this one. Finding more chores to make sure that you're still listening to the audiobook that you have on is next level, like, stay-at-home pandemic crap. (laughs) Okay, Curtis, what is your next recommendation to break the doom-scrolling cycle? So I'm going to do, I think, the same thing that I did for A Deeper Darkness, and I'm just going to say what locked me in for this book. So I'm going to talk about The Watchmen by Robert Christ. And I've mentioned the Elvis Cole mystery series before. 
And it's an abnormality for me because I actually read it out of order. The books are probably, there's about 15 and between 15 and 20. But he also does a portion of the series where he switches the focus to a background character from the main series. So The Watchman is the first novel that takes the point of view of Joe Pike, who is the partner of Elvis Cole for the majority of the series. And while readers who had been with him up to this point would have understood that he was his loyal friend and partner and is kind of this stand-to-the-side, strong, silent type, this is the one that I first started with because I had just heard wonderful things about the transition that happens when we look at Joe. So Joe is a former LAPD officer and mercenary who also had a stint in the military. And from the first chapter again some of the best action sequences that I've ever read in a thriller mystery author and I'll give that up to Christ as he's very talented in just putting you in the middle of the action with either like within the first three pages there's a gunfight and a car chase yeah that'll which suck you if in. you're like if you're an adrenaline junkie and you like action movies and like that type of storylines for your mystery novels or your detective fiction, you're going to be sucked in immediately. The whole premise of the story is that there's an heiress who witnessed a crime and so that there's people coming after her and somebody asked Joe for a favor and then he ends up protecting her as they go through and try to figure out who's coming after her from these different crime families. So people come after them, obviously, and you're jumped right into where there's people breaking into this house and he gets into a shootout with them and then gets into a car and is driving through Los Angeles. So that's the easiest way I can describe is where you get dropped in the middle of the action and you get sucked in right there from the beginning. So um, The Watchmen is probably my favorite of the Elvis Cole series, even though I keep picking up the new ones. And I kind of like the aspect of it where I'll go to the different novels and see how they're playing off of each other in the partnership. So in this, in the Watchmen, you see Elvis as kind of a background character and a sidekick role when he's used to being the leading man. And that point is a little bit cool for the author I think where you get to play with the characters that you know really well over 20 years that you've been writing the books but you get to try new things and I think that's what brings out some new insights so I, I like this one for that reason and this is the watch man it's not watch men the graphic novel correct it's the Watchman. okay and we'll have this in the show notes but I just wanted to make sure that that was that that was clear I still am gonna try my hand at watch men though i'm gonna try and read that graphic novel if that keeps you should it's very good that'll definitely hold well there's dry spots in there so i don't know if it'll lock you in right from the beginning it's kind of a drag part of the way through but i think you should still read it all right well for another book that kept my attention i really enjoyed one to watch by kate stamen london This book is about B, and she is a plus-size fashion blogger, and she's brokenhearted, 
and she has her friend over and they watch the um episode of this reality show main squeeze which is the bachelor like it's the bachelor but for the book purposes they call it main squeeze and she tweets about the lack of diversity in the show and like diversity in terms of like race and uh, body type and all of that and the uh, show producers notice her and her she basically goes viral and they invite her to be the next featured person to find love on Main Squeeze and it seems like a pretty good career move so she says yes with the idea that she's probably not really going to seriously find love, but that it would be good for her career. So the rest the rest of the book follows her journey on this show, and reading the book is like watching The Bachelor. So it's just like <laughs> <laughs> just great. And it's it's smarter than that. Like the book has some smart commentary on the show and has some things to say about like love and um I appreciated the way that it approached B as a plus size woman there were some parts like the book mentions certain um Instagram comments that she gets or like rude messages that were kind of hard to hear or read um so I think it's important to know that but I think you could like skip over those if if that would um be triggering but overall I liked the approach that it took and it's definitely it feels reading it felt like binge watching the tv show but without the brain rot (laughs) (laughs) yeah brain rot's a real thing when you're into the bachelor universe yeah uh so that's one to watch by Kate Stamen London Curtis before you share another one of your picks we want to make sure we tell listeners here about Libro FM. I mentioned that audiobooks are really important for my reading life right now. They've they've been important for every deployment, but particularly right now, audiobooks are the best because I really enjoy listening to a story while I cook or take Penny for a walk or just relax. I just finished listening to The Voting Booth by Brandy Colbert, and you might hear about that book a little later in the episode. What are you listening to right now, Curtis? Well, I'm spending some quality time with Lady Hardcastle and Flo getting ready for our buddy read this month, A Quiet Life in the Country. Libra FM is our favorite because with each download, we're supporting an independent bookstore. We're all about supporting our favorite indies so that we can go on plenty of bookstore dates when I get back from deployment. You can switch to Libro FM audiobooks today, or you could give the gift of a membership to a loved one this upcoming holiday season. A Libro FM membership is a great gift for this strange holiday season when celebrations and gift exchanges might look a little different, and shopping early is really helpful and vital for small businesses this year, so it's not too early to start thinking about the holidays. Listeners of the He Read, She Read podcast can get two audiobook credits for the price of one, or use our affiliate link to purchase gift memberships for fellow bookworms. Go to Libro FM, that's L-I-B-R-O, fm and enter the promo code hrsr or you can click on the link in our show notes give the gift of audiobooks and support local bookstores 
Okay, Curtis, what is your next recommendation? Well, you were recommending so many romances, I feel like I had to go in on that category as well. Oh, what you got for us? Well, it's the only one that I've ever read, but it just... (laughs) (laughs) It... It... it, And we've talked about this because we did a buddy read on it, but it's... It fits for this category. It locked me in from the beginning and to the point where I was staying up until about 2 a.m. to finish it. And you guys know it's The Duchess Deal by Tessa Dare. And I think similar... I'm going to make a similar comparison that you probably won't make a whole lot of sense, but I think it was like The Watchmen, where from the first chapter, I was kind of taken aback and on the edge of my seat for what was happening. Because Emma, we find at the beginning of the story, is in a wedding dress at Ash's house trying to get some money for something that she spent a lot of time and effort making because otherwise she's not going to make it as a seamstress. And then all of a sudden, he's saying that there's a marriage of convenience on the table and she should just marry him and be a duchess. (laughs) And because that is so outlandish, it just draws you in. And it's the compelling characters. It's the fact that Ash is broken as a war veteran and unable to like see himself in a way where he's deserving of a relationship and love and a family. And Emma's just looking for somebody that is going to love her and take care of her and that she can take care of in the same way. So, yeah, I've talked about this a lot, but it's so good. And from page to page... I obviously I was not doom scrolling at that time because I was reading this book until two AM. Yeah. That'll keep you off your phone. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree, of course. And listeners know that romance is one of my favorite genres and that book is one of my favorite romances ever. And I agree, it's completely engaging. I have been finding that humor has really helped me get hooked on books lately so the duchess deal we thought like with our personal sensitive humor i guess (laughs) we thought it was hilarious so uh i have another humorous book to recommend that i think could help prevent the doom scrolling and that is here for it by r eric thomas and this is a collection of essays it's a memoir in essays And our Eric Thomas is a pop culture critic and humorist. And these essays are about his coming of age experience as a young gay black man in America. They're about his love of pop culture and movies and celebrity culture. And he has this way of making really poignant statements and sharing truths that hit home while using this incredibly sarcastic and kind of snarky sense of humor. And I found these essays incredibly engaging. I really love a memoir in essays, and I feel like I read those quickly. Like, I read one essay and I love it, so I can't wait to read the next one, even though it would make just as much sense to like read an essay, set it aside and like let it breathe. I just, I devour uh, essays. So I 
can't recommend this one enough. I really enjoyed it. Here for it by R. Eric Thomas. I think it could prevent the doom scrolling, but also I think it's it's a distraction because it's funny, but it's also empowering because of the stories that he tells and the the importance of the the themes of his essays. Do you have another recommendation for us, Curtis? Yeah, I've got one more. Um, and this one might seem like adjacent to some of the doom scrolling because it's a topic that comes up a lot in news circles and on Twitter, but I think it's different in the sense that it's a page-turning look at someone who is very important to global politics and response to something that he was behind was important for journalism and protecting those that look for answers around the world and is an important story that I think we should all know. So the book I'm talking about is MBS by Ben Hubbard, who is a writer and journalist with the New York Times, and this covers the rise to power of Saudi Arabia's Mohammed bin Salman. So in the vein of what I've been doing for this entire episode, what drew me in from the beginning of this story is the forward talks about MBS as he's known globally as this charismatic figure that rises above the thousands of Saudi princes that if you're just looking at a stereotypical view of the kingdom, you just see thousands of men varying from their 30s up until their 60s and 70s wearing the traditional uh, headwear and robes and you don't know what really differentiates them from each other but what I like about this story is that it tries to show how he is different from everyone else in Saudi Arabia and then what also makes him kind of dangerous. Not even kind of, but what makes him dangerous. So it's the the back and forth of MBS is what I find really interesting. Like when before the death and murder of Jamal Khashoggi in his embassy a couple of years ago, which was eventually like through investigation in intelligence communities tied back to MBS and people that work for him, he was looked at as some type of a, of a progressive. Like, he was opening concert halls and movie theaters and trying to bring a traditional Wahhabi Islamic state into a little bit more of the modern world. But then, with one hand, he does this and wants to show the world that he's a progressive leader, and on the other hand, he's a crackdown authoritarian who regulates social media and is hell-bent on destroying this journalist that is trying to investigate what he's doing to the point that he has him killed. So from the beginning, I was interested in him as a public figure and how he came to be and what the future holds with him in power for potentially decades. But then the heart of the story is a truly tragic event that the perpetrators most likely will never be brought to justice like there's this hand wave from the kingdom saying no we've found the guys we tried them they're 
no longer going to be a problem for society, but inherently because of the way that they manipulate the media, you don't trust that Jamal Khashoggi is ever going to get justice. So because I love journalistic stories Mm. and searches for truth and love stories that try to tell the truth when other people are trying to get them to hide it is what I'm, I guess what I'm saying. So in the same way that I love know my name by Chanel Miller, it's when there's a injustice, you want to see someone tell the side of the story that brings the truth to the forefront. So that's what I got out of this book. And it's something that I recommend people read. Chelsea, why don't you give us your next one? Okay, I'll go with a a book that I didn't think was going to be a mystery, but turned out to be more of a mystery novel than anything. I really enjoyed Now That I've Found You by Christina Forrest. And uh, she also wrote a really great young adult book called I Want to Be Where You Are, which I think I've recommended on the podcast as one of my favorites. This next one of hers was so fun. It is about a young starlet whose grandmother is a really famous Hollywood actress, like from the golden age of Hollywood. And this starlet goes to New York City to visit her grandmother and to convince her grandmother of something that might help her career. But her grandma kind of disappears one day. And she doesn't know where to find her. Her grandma's friend is like, oh, she used to do that all the time when she was upset. She would just run away. So the starlet and this boy that she meets, who's friends with her grandma, go on this journey to find where her grandma is. And there's of course a lot more to it but the the mystery of wondering where's grandma <laughs> combined with the compelling coming of age narrative of this starlet like figuring out how to be her own person and live as a somewhat famous person and um do what she loves, which is acting, and then a little bit of romance in there as well, just made for such an enjoyable reading experience. And I think that it it hooked me, of course, because of the mystery, but more so than that, I, I really liked the characters right away and just the rhythm of the story. And this one was great on audio, but I think I would have liked it just as much reading it on paper. And it was another case where I couldn't stop listening. It held my attention. So that's Now That I've Found You by Christina Forrest. Well, I feel like I could go on and on about books that help keep my focus during this time. I'm, I'm still figuring that out. So I like that you had a mix with some really important nonfiction in there because I these are these are books that have like kept my spirits up and have made me have provided a really good distraction for me but I've also found some really empowering page turning books that that do have maybe tougher themes or um, maybe connect to modern issues so 
I, I think that books that keep people's focus, it's just going to be different for every reader. Yeah, and it really ties in with what we I like about what we do on the show is we provide a wide breadth of subjects so people who like different genres can find things that interest them because I'll be honest, something like MBS probably wouldn't have been something I wanted to hold my attention a couple of months ago. But it's the right book at the right time for me. And it's probably the same thing for some of the things that you chose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have set down a lot of books that aren't keeping my attention and in order to reach for something that will. So there's definitely nothing wrong with that either with setting a book aside if it's not if it's not right for you in the moment. All right, Curtis. Let's talk recommendations of the week. So not a book one for me. I sent this to you, I think, either yesterday or the day before as something that I'm really excited about when I was YouTube scrolling, which is not the same thing as doom scrolling. That is just how (laughs) I spend my time. Um, So it's the trailer for a movie that's coming out in January, and it's called The 355. So it's a spy movie that Jessica Chastain is starring in but also produces, and the backstory is she proposed the idea for a female-led spy film in the same vein as, like, a Mission Impossible with the team aspect and, like, the James Bond, Daniel Craig grittiness, which is what the vibe that I'm getting from the trailer. Um, It also stars Lupita Nyong'o and Diane Kruger, Penelope Cruz, and the premise is, is that all of these spies from different international agencies have to team up in order to stop World War Three, essentially. So immediately I'm in. And I like the <laughs> I, I like the nod with the title to Agent 355, who was a spy uh, in the Culper spy ring during the American Revolution. So and oh, she was the Yeah. Yeah, there's that yeah, there's that connection. So that was the female spy that still hasn't ever been identified, uh, but helped bring down Benedict Arnold and John Andre and kind of really is a nice nod for the history of females in espionage. So I'm getting like strong Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol vibes, a little bit of like the, I I won't go like all the way to John Wick, but I think it's a good analogy is like an all-female version of a Mission Impossible movie. The trailer looked really good. I'm I'm excited to see that. I think it comes out in January. And we talked about this. Like, we don't know what the world is going to look like in January. So this could either be something that gets released on, like, a home box office release or is something that slowly, when things start to trickle out into the movie theaters, I don't know when you're going to be comfortable doing that. But it kind of... Is something that I'm looking forward to. What, whichever one of those is an option in January. Mm-hmm. I have an extra book recommendation. This is one that I recently finished on audio. Most of my reading has just been audiobooks lately. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I I really really enjoyed this one. It's The Voting Booth by Brandy Colbert, and it is about two. 
freshly turned 18-year-olds who are really excited to vote. Marva is the classic straight-A student, super high achiever, and she's really passionate about voting as the way to change the world. And so she has spent her time volunteering to get people to vote and making sure that people get to the polls. And Duke, his family is also really into voting and activism. His older brother was a community organizer and activist, but sadly died in a drive-by shooting. So Duke is really motivated by his brother's legacy to go and vote. But on voting day, there are some issues with Duke's registration and Marva bumps into him on her way out of the voting booth when he's trying to get in to vote and she kind of takes him under her wing and she drives him around and makes it their mission together to get him to vote. So there are fun scenes sprinkled in. It's not all serious, but there are serious moments as well. Duke and Marva are two black teens, but they're backgrounds are really different from each other and they navigate that together and start to share a little bit more about their families and their their pasts and their motivations and their relationship blossoming over the course of this day as they're trying to get Duke to vote is really cute and I I just found this book so hopeful inspiring and empowering And I know this episode is about doom scrolling. I think something that also helps me break the doom scrolling cycle is the the idea that there could be a, a better world on the other side of this upcoming election day. And I'm really excited to vote. So this is your reminder. If you are not registered and you still have time in your state, make sure that you're registered to vote. Go and vote. And if you are all set um i've been writing letters and doing some phone banking to make sure that other people are signed up to vote so um let us know if that's something that you are interested in doing and i'll send you the information but voting is important curtis curtis did it he put it in the mail guys if i can vote from thousands of miles away you can find a way to make it work from where you are definitely Well, thank you for hanging out with us today, and I really hope that you got some book recommendations that will help break either the doom scrolling cycle or just the I'm I'm stuck playing Candy Crush on my phone cycle. Um, <laughs> for more podcast news and for reading updates or pictures of our bookshelves, I just reorganized my bookshelves, so I just posted a picture of that on our Instagram account at he read, she read. I don't have books on the floor anymore. <laughs> and and on the weeks when we don't release a podcast episode, we like to send out a newsletter with short book reviews, a couple of our favorite things. They're just short, sweet, and to the point so that we can check in with you guys. So you can subscribe to our newsletter at hereadshered.substack.com. If you need a book recommendation or you have a question for us, you can send us an email at hereadsheredpodcast at gmail.com. 
And we would really like to thank Mark Anderson and Miles Eichner for our theme music. And of course, thank you to Libro FM for sponsoring this episode. Before you go, remember, the couple that reads together. Puts down those doom scrollers, turns those pages.